Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. What's going on, Fusion? Hey! How you guys doing? Okay, okay. It's good to be in the, in the house of the Lord with you. Is anybody happy to be worshiping God today? Is anybody grateful to be alive today? There we go. Sometimes you got to remember the simple things. And, and one of the simple things in life, man, one of the simple, uh, just God-given pleasures, one is being alive. The other thing is having access to Chick-fil-A. Would you agree? Man, you know... Revelation, indeed. You know, interestingly enough, I grew up in New York, and there were not Chick-fil-A's when I was growing up. And I remember when I first visited down here, um, someone took me to a Chick-fil-A, and, and it, was, it wasn't even a standalone Chick-fil-A. It was in a mall food court, but the sandwich was still Chick-fil-A. Amen? Anybody, has, did anybody experience Chick-fil-A later in life? Okay, yeah, see, so you guys know. Some of you guys, you just grew up and it was always around the corner and you didn't appreciate it. You know, just like some of y'all grew up in church and didn't appreciate. <laughs> that wasn't even planned. But some of y'all grew up in church and just, I mean, worship is like, eh, you know, this is what we do. You know, maybe hands in the pockets. But man, somebody who maybe encountered the Lord a little later in life and was realized that they actually had some sin to be saved from, you know, they will appreciate. And so for me, having never experienced a Chick-fil-A sandwich, I mean, I grew up on the, you know, just the, the double cheeseburgers from McDonald's on, you know, when they implemented the dollar menu and then, you know, the McChicken. Oh, my gosh. Right. I, just like God saved me from an old life. I'm so glad that I will never eat a McChicken again in my life. Amen. So I actually, uh, I, tonight we're going to be talking about gifts and I actually have a gift, uh, for you guys saw TJ Meyer. He was just up here, you know, praying for the graduates and stuff, right? Man, I just wanted to take it. Yeah, that is your husband. I respect it. TJ, could you come back out here? I just want to, I just want to bless you. Yeah. See, you know, <laughs> Man, TJ, TJ actually, he works at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I do. Right? My and pleasure. Yeah, and, and I asked him, I, I asked him if he would be interested in, in eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And I was actually surprised. I was thinking he might be like, man, I'm tired of Chick-fil-A. He was like, bruh, for real? Can I get two? And so, no, we only got one. But I just wanted to bless you, man. So you could just sit here and eat your Chick-fil-A sandwich, man. Let me, I just want to just want to go ahead and serve you, man. I know you had asked for like the napkin and he actually asked me if we could just, you know what I mean? Here you go, man. There we go. You know what I mean? Had to get, had to get him right. And so here you go, man. A little fresh chicken sandwich. He about to speak in tongues. Man, you know, I'm going to get rid of the bag for you. Just go ahead and, just go ahead and dive in. This is, this is, this is part of the ministry tonight. Just go ahead and dive in, man. Yeah, man. Oh, do we, need, do we need some water up here or something? Oh, you got one already. Okay, okay, okay. So just do your thing, man. Just go ahead and, just go ahead and dive in. Just go ahead. <laughs> it's good, right? Good. Is it something a little... Everything good? You look like you were looking inside... Inside the sandwich, you. It's straight. Okay. Oh, you good? Okay. No worries. No worries. Okay. You're just getting going. No, 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 no. We are. We're actually here. We're actually in support of you. Just want. Yeah, yeah. We're just here to support you. No, come on. Come on, bro. Why? Why aren't you eating any more? You just getting through the first bite. Why you? Why you looking at it? Did you notice something different? Yeah, there's a little. There's a little something on it. Uh, what is it? About two pounds of salt. <laughs> How, what, what, made you, what made you check in there? Did, it, did you notice any differences? 
my mouth just got really dry. Okay. It was like eating sandpaper. Like eating sandpaper, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a little different than normal Chick-fil-A. Yeah, it's real different. You, <laughs> do you want to dive in? Just a little. You want to finish it? I know you said, can you finish the sandwich? I mean, I'll scrape it off a little bit first, but I... <laughs> no, bro, don't, 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 don't insult the chef. Just, you know, it was just a little special recipe for you. You want me to take another bite? Yeah, please. Just, yeah, please. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. That was a little baby bite. We wanted you to enjoy the sandwich. I've never had this many people look at me. <laughs> okay. It's a little, little, okay. Mm. Okay. All right. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's crunchy, bro. It's crunchy, right? Yeah. There's some texture to the salt. So we actually have we actually have a, a, a non-salty Chick-fil-A sandwich for you. Oh, what? So yeah, you don't you don't have to finish this. But I, I did this I did this to make a point, right? Because this isn't just this isn't just any type of salt. Uh, what Gabrielle and I have come across is actually it's a it's a special type of salt. You know the, the salt the way that God created it. It's uh it's potent. It's, it's got some texture to it. It's not all refined. It's called Celtic sea salt. And we, we cook with this stuff. Yeah, it's thick. Okay, That's what salt... <laughs> it's like rocks. It's like rocks. That's what salt is supposed to be like. And so uh, Jesus once said to his disciples, he said, you are the salt of the earth. Right? And then he said, if salt loses its saltiness... No, it didn't. It didn't, right? <laughs> it, was, it was noticeable, right? If salt loses its saltiness, what good is it? <laughs> and the reality is Jesus was making a point that when people come across us, there should be a distinct difference. They should notice immediately. On that first bite, he noticed something was different. In people's first conversation with you. Oh, am I going into? In people's first interaction with you when they first come across maybe your social media page right when they first come across your work and what you do is there a distinct difference in that first bite and is your salt like we didn't use the little processed salt that came from chick-fil-a because they had the little they had the little packets and it was very refined and ground down no we wanted like the real deal salt the way that god made it so even, even in your saltiness, is it, is it weak? Is it potent? Is it strong? There was some flavor. There was also some texture. It was tasted. It was also felt, right? Yes. Amen. Very much felt. I appreciate you, TJ. Thank you for joining us. We actually have a good Chick-fil-A sandwich for you. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we will have some great guys come clean this up. You don't even have to take that with you. I appreciate you. You're going to keep the napkin. <laughs> Here's why I did that. Because we've been in this series about the Holy Spirit, right? Anybody been enjoying the series? And tonight, we're going to talk about something that I think is very, very, very important. But if we don't understand why we're talking about this, then we'll never really be able to, uh, to use it for what it is intended to be used for. And I'm just going to fast forward and let you know that tonight we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tonight we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So in this series, we've talked about who the Holy Spirit is, that he is a person, the third person of the Godhead. He is not, and by the Godhead, I just mean the Trinity, the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father and Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is present with us. He's not just a feeling or a power or a force, but he is a person and he has feelings, he has thoughts, he has intentions, and he wants a relationship with us. He is, as Pastor Darius said last week when he was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the most important person to the Christian. To the unbeliever who is not in relationship with God, Jesus is the most important message. But to the believer, to someone who's found in Christ, to someone who is following Christ, the Holy Spirit is the most important person you need to know because Jesus did a handoff. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to send you a promise 
from on high. And in fact, before Jesus even got started in his ministry, John the Baptist was prophesying about Jesus and what he would come to do. And he didn't, he didn't say uh, that Jesus is going to come and die on a cross. He didn't say Jesus is going to come and bless you or teach you or any of those things. All those things were true. But what, G- what John the Baptist said is, I baptize by water, but there is one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that was the intention before Jesus ever took a step. That was the intention for us to be given the Holy Spirit. And he walked the journey that was necessary and paid the price that was necessary for us to have the Holy Spirit. You guys tracking with me? We talked about, uh, right before Pastor Darius talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we talked about uh, how the first place that the Holy Spirit took Jesus after he was baptized, after Jesus is baptized by water, which is one of the first things you do when coming into the faith, the Holy Spirit took him immediately into the wilderness. And he didn't just lead him into the wilderness and drop him off. It says that he led him in the wilderness for 40 days while he was being tempted by the devil. And... This is just a picture of how necessary the Holy Spirit is in our lives. He wants to lead us step by step. He wants to lead us and teach us. We talked about the purpose of that being not just arbitrary, but the purpose was to humble. We saw all throughout scripture, I would encourage you guys to look back at the message, that the purpose of the wilderness all throughout scripture is to humble you, to test you, and to teach you. And this is all done by the Holy Spirit, and we need this in our lives, when we come into faith in Jesus Christ. And so why did I do this Chick-fil-A thing? I did the Chick-fil-A thing because when we come into faith in Jesus Christ, it should lead to something. Not just heaven when we die. I need us to, 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 to process this and think about this. You do not follow Jesus Christ just to get to heaven when you die. That is not, I know a lot of us have come up maybe with that understanding that there's a transaction that takes place, that if I will confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, we've heard Romans 10, 9, a lot of us, uh, if I'll do that, then I will have a ticket into heaven when I die. And so then what we do between now and when we die becomes up for discussion. However, following Jesus Christ. Now, notice I'm using the term following Jesus Christ. It's not just about believing in Jesus Christ. You believe in Jesus Christ to follow Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you follow Jesus Christ. And one of the things that's really important to understand As we're following Jesus, which means we're walking in his footsteps, we're living our lives like he lived life. And we want to answer the question, what would Jesus do if he were me in this situation? And that's how we live. What would Jesus do if he were in a young adult service on a Tuesday night? What would Jesus do if if he were having this conversation with this particular person? What would Jesus do? And that is the mindset of how you follow Jesus. And so Jesus left out of the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, and clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And this made his life so distinctly different than the people around him that upon encountering him, they could tell the difference. And that's what God actually desires for you. Not that you would be a sideshow and that you would just be weird, but in the same way as when TJ bit into that sandwich, that when people encounter you, there would be a difference. And the difference is not for your own glory. The difference is people should see the image of God when looking at you. This has been God's desire from the beginning. He created mankind... And a lot of us have heard that he created mankind in his image and in his likeness. But how often do you think about that? When you look in the mirror, do you think, wow, I I look like God? You ever think about that? 
I think it's important because if you don't grasp that you are walking around in the image of God, your creator, your father, then you won't really understand the purpose of anything else or anything else he's asking of you. Everything that he gives to us is for that purpose. Jesus Christ came to redeem us, not just from our sins that were sending us to hell. That is true. But it wasn't just about heaven and hell. Why did God create humanity? He didn't create humanity and put them on earth just so they could get to heaven one day. Think about it. God didn't say, you know what? I'm going to create this whole species of beings so that they can do the right thing and get to heaven one day. No. God created the heavens and the earth, and he created all of creation and said, wow, there's no one to manage it. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, to rule and to manage, to be a reflection and ambassadors of who God is and carrying the image of God in many ways, not just in appearance, but in the fact that we can think and process and choose and love. All these things make us in the image of God. And so Adam and Eve were created to carry out the mission of God and reflect the image of God. They fell away from their original calling and the gospel is to bring us back to that, back to properly reflecting the image of God because sin distorts the image of God. God does not lie, so when we lie, what does it do? Distorts the image of God. God is not immoral. So when we are immoral, what are we doing? We are not reflecting the image of God. We are not living out our intended purpose. We're not doing what we were created for. But the closer we live to God through Jesus, because Jesus is the perfect image of God, came, lived a human life to give us a model to live, right? When we follow Jesus, we are able to live like God. And that should make our lives very, very distinct, similar to the salt in that sandwich, and that is why Jesus used that analogy. Why are we talking about that? Because we're gonna talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit tonight, and if we don't understand why he gives gifts, if we think that he's giving gifts just to make a show in church, then we'll never really understand or value what he's doing. God doesn't do anything for no reason. God is not wasting his time. God didn't just come across an idea like, you know what, let me let somebody prophesy. No, everything has purpose and intent with God. And the more that we understand that, the closer we can get to him. If we understand, man, the breath in your lungs has purpose. Everything has purpose and everything around you should point you to God. When I breathe, I'm reminded of God. The word, we've talked about this in Hebrew and in Greek, ruach, pneuma, wind, spirit, breath, all the same word. So wind, breath, spirit, all the same word in the language that God wrote the Bible in. Why? So that we would understand he's woven into all of creation. So you can breathe in and think, what is that? Like, that's crazy. This is God. The wind you can't see, but you feel. You feel its effects. You can touch it kind of when you go like this, but you can't fully see it, right? This is how we, in the same way that we interact with God. Though we can't see him with our eyes, we interact with him. We feel his effects. We can hear his voice. And his goal, his desire is for each and every one of us, all of mankind, to be an accurate reflection of who he is. And so after Jesus comes, lives life, is persecuted, crucified, all to pay the price for our sins so that our sins could be forgiven, he resurrects from the grave, 
ascends into heaven, tells his disciples, I'm commissioning you to go out and preach the good news that, there, that you can have repentance. You can turn your life around, change the way that you think, and be forgiven for your sins. I want you to spread that message everywhere, but don't go anywhere until you are clothed with power from on high, is what he said. And I had to imagine, I have to imagine that would be really mysterious. Like this whole thing is played out kind of crazy. We thought you were dead. You came back. Now you're telling us you're about to leave again. And now you're telling us to go around and tell everybody about you. And we're supposed to receive a promise. We're supposed to receive power. And then as they're gathering uh, in an upper room, Uh, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit shows up. They hear a sound like a rushing, mighty wind. I told you guys about my story, experiencing something similar to that. And then they're speaking in tongues, all this stuff. And then the church is started. Why? Because the Holy Spirit showed up. Peter, the one who was Simon before Jesus met him, the one who was constantly getting in trouble for speaking up too, le- too soon and saying wild things, and he cuts a dude's ear off when Jesus is about to get arrested. All types of crazy stuff is happening. And then he denies, he's thugging, I agree. <laughs> All types of crazy stuff is happening. And then he denies that he even knows Jesus three times. And then Jesus, when he resurrects, knows that Peter's heartbroken, comes to him, restores their relationship. And now this guy, this guy who was a fisherman in the past, he didn't plan to be a rabbi. He was a fisherman in the past and started following Jesus. When the Holy Spirit shows up, clothes them with power, Peter preaches the first legit Christian sermon in history and thousands of people get saved and the church is built. 3000 people turn their lives to Jesus and it wasn't because Peter was a good speaker. It was not because Peter was a good speaker. Some of us are living our lives relying on our own talents, or feeling weak because we don't feel like we have enough talents. And let me tell you, Peter was skilled and talented at fishing. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he became the Peter that we know thousands of years later, first name basis. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on the rock of your faith. And I'm actually gonna change your name from Simon to Peter, which means rock. But it didn't really happen until the Holy Spirit showed up. And when the Holy Spirit showed up, he showed up with things to contribute to people. They are called the gifts of the Spirit. And so, we're going we're gonna to talk about this tonight. I'm excited about this. I'm sure you can tell. Uh, and I want us to pray. And I want us to pray in this moment. I encourage this all the time. But whether you're watching online, whether you're here in the building, I want us to pray in this moment because I just know how important this is. That, man, if you are walking around in a body, thinking, talking, breathing, God has a purpose for your life. And he wants to be in relationship with you. And your access, we talked about this in the first message in this series, the Holy Spirit is the key to life in Christ. And he has a lot for you if you will take the time to get to know him. And so even in this moment, even tonight, you have an opportunity to hear from the God who created the universe and created you, knit you together in your mother's womb with a plan and a purpose for your life. You have an opportunity to hear from him. And I want us to value this opportunity to not just, oh man, tonight's another message, I'm gonna take some notes and, no. You have an opportunity to hear from God in this moment. And so I want you to pray for yourself and I want you to pray for the people around you. We wanna pray that God would be moving in this place. Amen? 
All right, so let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that we are all alive right now, God. Lord, you said in your word, man, blessed be the Lord who has kept our soul among the living and our feet from slipping. So Lord, I thank you for keeping our soul among the living and our feet from slipping and getting us here to fusion on a Tuesday night, Lord, just to hear your precious word, your precious truth, Lord, the word of God. And Lord, we know that your Holy Spirit is a precious, precious, precious gift. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just be moving in this time, that you would minister to our hearts, Lord. I pray that people who feel distant from you, Lord, would hear your voice. I pray that those who are close to you, God, would be drawn even closer. Lord, that we would experience an, an, in, that we would experience an intimacy with you in this time as we get to know you and all you have for our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would build your church. We know that that is your desire. That is why we're here. We're here for you, offering ourselves to you, Lord. And we say, build your church, build your people, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So as I mentioned, the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, I want to define that. What are the gifts of the Spirit? Simply put, gifts, spiritual gifts are ministries or abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to Christians for the edification of the church. And edification just means building up. It means improving, even a moral improvement. So the Holy Spirit gives gifts to people so that the church, now remind, let me remind you that the church is not this building. It's not victory church over there, what they do. The church is us. The gathering of people who are following Jesus, the collective group of individuals who are following Jesus is the church. And so he gives gifts to build us up. So God gives you a gift to build up the people around you in their faith. And so a few things that I want us to understand. Uh, number one, everyone is given a gift. Everyone is given a gift. I want to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. Paul says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in, say this, everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. He says, now he's explaining that there's a variety of gifts, but it's the same God who gives them. And it says that it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Say everyone. Say that's me included. Everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So the Holy Spirit is not exclusive. He is inclusive. This is something that we have to really understand. Anyone who has put their faith in Jesus has access to the Holy Spirit. And everyone who has access to the Holy Spirit has access to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, like many of us were last week, then you have already received a gift. Each person. In fact, to not receive a gift is to not receive an, to not receive an assignment. Everyone has an assignment, so everyone has a gift. Think about it. If you have nothing to contribute to the people around you, then you have no purpose. And that means you would exist for no reason. And God does not waste time. He does not waste resources. He does not make accidents. And so when he chose to create you and so that you would bear his image and put breath in your lungs, blood in your veins, and a brain that can think and process all these things, he did that for a reason. And it is to contribute to the world around you because that is his nature. God contributes. It is just his nature. He is a giver. And so each and every one of us has a gift that we've been given, and it's a gift that we give. Everyone has one. 
You have an assignment and your gift will carry your assignment. The second thing is each gift is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit through an individual. We see that in verse seven, he says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. He's saying it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I mean, just take a moment and think. If you have ever heard of the term, the gifts of the Spirit, what did you, what did you think that was? What did you comprehend that as? Because what God is saying is each gift that he's given is a different manifestation of who he is. To manifest means to appear. So God appears in different ways through us. And so each and every one of us, man, he's made us so diverse. I love how diverse this room is. My goodness. Age, gender, nationality, ethnicity, all these things. God created diversity. And in the same way, the way that he's gifted us, he does that in a very diverse way because each and every one of us is an expression of who God is. There is no race, gender, creed, no talent, no gifting. Nobody has a monopoly on the image of God. Each and every one of us is an equal expression of the image of God. There is no one that's less than another. We're all an equal expression of the image of God. And so he's just expressing himself in different ways through how we look, through how we speak, through how we think. Some of us are more analytical. Some of us are more creative. And God is all these things. God is not more like you than he is like other people. God is not more like you than he is like other people. And if we can grasp this, we'll be able to love people properly. If we understand each person is a different expression of the same God. God created me in his image. I didn't get to choose how I look, talk, think. It was a gift to me. It was a gift to you. And it's an expression of who God is that pleases God. Each gift he's given is a manifestation of who he is. Are you guys catching that this is all about him? He wants us to see him in everything. Everything he's created, we should see him. When you look at a tree, you should think, God, oh my goodness. This starts as a seed and grows. Like, who thinks of that? all these different varieties. Think about the universe, like God created the whole universe. And then he said that the earth, he said the earth is his footstool. Like, think about this, a footstool. Anybody have like an ottoman? That's a fancy word for a footstool. You're sitting in a chair, you prop your feet up. God calls the earth his footstool. What? This is a grand glorious God, bigger than we could imagine that he would just kick his feet up on the whole earth. And everything he's created is a reflection of who he is, of this grandeur. And he's, he's too big for us to ever fully comprehend. And so we live in pursuit of understanding him. But everything is about him manifesting himself. And uh, number three is there are many kinds of gifts. And so in Romans 12, six through eight, it says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Are you seeing that this is an increasingly long list? It doesn't end there. We see, so just in Romans 12, we see service, teaching, exhortation, contribution, leadership, acts of mercy. So uh, serving, literally just serving people. The Holy Spirit, when he fell on the church starting out, he didn't just show up and have people speak in tongues. That was the case. But it wasn't just that. He started giving gifts. Some people were empowered to serve. Maybe you have looked at a stage and thought that that's the only contribution. 
And if I'm not doing that, then maybe I'm not all that effective or maybe I'm not called. No, remember, the church is us. The Holy Spirit will give you a supernatural ability to serve if you are gifted with service. For some of us, it's teaching. This is the one I believe I'm gifted with. I may not be gifted with all of them, but I love the word of God. And I get excited about teaching the word of God. And I feel like he's given me a gifting for teaching. I didn't say a gifting for speaking. Because some of us look at a stage and a microphone and we think, okay, a pastor preaches. Well, maybe, but there's a lot of different things in there. We'll see a little later down that, that shepherding is also one of the gifts. That's really what pastoring is. It's shepherding. Not every pastor is called to preach. And we see even here, we see teaching and then we see exhortation. Some people are called to teach. Some people are called to exhort. Exhort is about inspiration, motivation, all those things. Some people are more gifted at that than others. Some people have all of these gifts, but some people just have one of them. So we'll see, man, some people really have a gift of exhortation, but they're not a shepherd. That's not a criticism. It's a reality. And if, but we don't, if we don't understand the gifts, then we won't be able to use them properly. Somebody with the gift of exhortation, they need good teachers and they need good shepherds around. But man, if they can exhort and encourage and inspire, that's a beautiful gift given by the Holy Spirit. Contribution. Some of you guys are gifted to give. He says contribution with generosity. Some of you guys are gifted to give your stuff away. Think about it. And some of you guys have been like, man, people just take advantage of me. People take it for granted. I got to stop being nice. But you still feel this like this drawing to just be giving stuff away. Let me tell you. That might be a gift from the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And the crazy thing is we gain in the kingdom when we give in the earth. You gain in the kingdom when you give in the earth. When you give things away here, it actually stores up for you in the kingdom of God. And so maybe people do take advantage of you, but Jesus is stacking things up for you. When done in the right heart and in the right spirit and in service of him. And so I can serve the people around me knowing that I'm giving this to Jesus. Jesus says another time as he's given a teaching, he's like, man, you know, there will be there will be a time, you know, at the end where, you know, I'm thanking you guys, man. Thank you for when you clothed me and when you fed me, when I was in need and you visited me in prison. And you guys are going to say, when were you in prison? When were you hungry? When did when did we clothe you? He said, for everything that you've done for the least of people in my name, you've done for me. And so if you have a gift of generosity, use it, use it, give to the people around you, give to the body of Christ, give to good causes, use it because you can be looking at me preach up here and think I'm just the one called to do ministry. When God is calling you to further his kingdom through generosity, leadership, Acts of mercy, leadership. Again, some people are gifted to lead. Maybe you have a natural like drawing to people or people are naturally drawn to you and you feel a gifting to get people to move in a particular direction. And some of us will take that gift of leadership and we will just we'll sell it to the enemy. And so because you're gifted to lead, then you feel like you got to build a brand. You got to be a CEO. You got to be this and this and that. And I'm not saying that you're not called to do any of those things. I'm saying make sure you're called to do those things. Make sure because if the Holy Spirit is giving you a gift, it's for a purpose. 
He has a purpose for it. And so we want to seek him. Why have we been gifted with these things? Acts of mercy is what I was just talking about. Again, giving uh, and just doing hospitable things, taking care of people, taking people into your home, things like that. Some of you guys just have a heart for people in need. Some of you guys have a heart for some people, man. You might have a heart for single mothers. You might have a heart for people in the foster system. You might have a heart for underprivileged people. You might have a heart for some people. And that could be a gift of the Holy Spirit that he has come upon you and wants to use you in this way that's going to glorify himself. In Ephesians, he talks about the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers. These are all gifts to the church. It says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Um, I want to skip down a little bit to how we are to use the gifts of the spirit. Things that we must understand. Three things we must understand about using the gifts. Number one, your gift is not about you. Think about this. We are conditioned in our culture to make everything about us. But God has given gifts for, remember, it said, for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Say common good. good. That means just not your good. Not just your benefit, not just your success, not just your significance or importance, not for your security, but for the common good. That means your gift is inactive if it is not benefiting people around you. Your gift is inactive if it's not benefiting people around you. It's not for you. It's not for you. 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says, so with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Y'all are like, oh, I didn't know what this, that this is where this was going. <laughs> Strive to excel in building up the church. Remember, this isn't about building up the building of the church. This building houses people. Yeah. Building up the people of God. We collectively are the church. Whether we have a building or not, we together are still the church. Strive to excel in building up the church. When you are gifted by God, it doesn't say strive to excel in building your brand, strive to be seen, strive to be promoted, leave the church if they don't recognize your gift, criticize the church for not operating in the gifts. It doesn't say any of that. That Yeah, you could, you could just leave the church if they don't recognize your gift. Or, oh, I can't come, I can't come gather with y'all because y'all don't really be operating in the gifts. Really? Because he said, since you're eager, why don't you strive to build up the church? But many of us have been conditioned to think that the church is here to build up our gift. And so we come like, okay, I need to, I need to be grown. I need to be developed. I need to learn. I need to grow so I can be successful for God. But he's saying, man, I'm, I've gifted you to build up the people around you. Now, you tell me if there is anything in your way right now of building up the people around you. Think about it. Is there anything standing in your way from building up the people around you? God gives us very simple instructions and invitations. Strive to excel in building up the church. Your gift is not about you. And this is actually something that can leave you much more fulfilled in life. If you spend less of your life just seeking your own fulfillment, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be fulfilled in life. I'm saying the way to be fulfilled in life is to do what God says because his plan is the best. He created us. He knows how this is supposed to work. And in his kingdom, everyone is fulfilled by doing things his way. And so imagine if we are all using our giftings to contribute and add to the people around us. You're going to tell me that that wouldn't be a dope community to be in. If you just have, let's just say, just a small group of friends 
And each and every one of you guys is like, you know what, I'm gonna commit to using everything that I'm gifted to do to help you. Think about that. This is the plan of God. That, and then that small group would grow and grow and grow and grow. It's not about having a large group of people listening to stuff. It's about a large group of people contributing stuff. And so each and every one of you have an opportunity to contribute to the people around you. Right now, you could be in a small group and it not just be, what am I going to get out of this? Is this convenient for me? Does this work for me? Does this contribute to my life? But in fact, you could be in a small group and say, hey, I'm here to strive, put in effort, put in work to build you guys up in any way that I can. So maybe I don't feel like I contribute a whole lot right now. And so maybe I need to go work on that. Because my focus is on doing what God says. The reason the Holy Spirit gives you a gift is to build up his church. But did you know that God wants you to put effort and energy into building up his people? Because nobody's really saying that on your Instagram feed or on TikTok. Nobody's saying that. It's it's all God wants this for you. God wants that for you. God's saying this. Really? Just because you say God said doesn't mean God said it. Especially if God said something that doesn't really go coincide with the rest of what God said. Strive to excel in building up the church. And you can't go wrong. Strive to excel in building up other believers around you. And you will see God moving in your life like crazy. You want to hear God's voice? Shift into a posture that you actually want to share God's voice. You want to hear God's voice? Be available. Not just for him to answer what you're asking him about this particular thing, because reality is two, three years from now, you probably won't even care about that anymore. It's not that important. But what God's saying to you today, he's saying with all of eternity in mind. So what he's saying to you really, really matters. And if we'll come to him available and saying, okay, God, I want to strive to excel in building up the people around me because that's what you're calling me to do. And there's nothing stopping me from doing that. Now he has something to work with. Second thing we need to understand is your gift does not define you. Your gift does not define you. Your gift does not define you. Your identity is not in your gift. Paul says in Romans 12, three through five, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one of another. And what he's saying there is, one, not to think too highly of yourself and to understand your place in everything else he's doing. And that where he's placed you is out of your identity being in Christ, not just out of the function that you contribute. So I'll put it this way. Your identity is not in your gift. Your identity is in Christ. So first and foremost, understanding that he's placed you in the body. He's placed you in a place where he wants to contribute, wants to use you to contribute to people around you. But your, your, your identity is not found in that. And then he said, and then I would say to find your identity in Christ means that you truly see yourself as a child of God. And I want to camp out here for just a second because we can say, yeah, my identity's in Christ. And then spend all of our time and energy trying to find it elsewhere. 
Your identity being in Christ is not just something you tell yourself, but if you see yourself as a child of God, like literally, I am a child of God. God loves me. God created me because he desires me. He's invited me into his family. In Ephesians 2.19, it says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And when I read that, that just blew my mind. Members of the household of God. And everything that he uses me to do flows from there. I'm not doing these things to get into his household. I'm already there. And so I don't need to use these gifts to start thinking all highly of myself, right? And think like, oh, well, I'm called to prophesy. I'm called to be an apostle. I'm called to be a teacher in the body of Christ. I am called to be a leader for the body of Christ. And I'm thinking highly of myself. No, he says in that scripture that every, every function, none is more valuable than another. And your identity isn't found in there. Yeah, you guys all have your functions. Understand, you guys all have your functions, but don't think too highly of yourself. In fact, your identity is just found in the fact that God loves you. You are his child. I can't find my identity in doing this. I do this from a place of knowing that I am a son of God. Legitimately. And so I'm here not trying to get something, but trying to give something. God has placed me here with an assignment. Remember, every person has an assignment and your gifting fuels your assignment. So I'm on an assignment to teach you about some of these things because you guys need to know about the Holy Spirit. You need to know that God has given you a gift. But if I find my identity in teaching you stuff and I find my worth and my value and my importance in this, oh, it's going to taint everything. Because now I'm coming up here with me in mind and thinking, okay, well, I need to say something that's going to make them like me more or affirm me more. No, regardless of how you feel, I know that I'm here serving God. And so as long as I'm teaching what he wants taught, it's coming from here, my relationship with him. And so for you, your identity, when you follow Jesus, your identity is found in him. He's refining you, transforming you to be more like him, to be closer to the image of God that you were created to walk in. Amen? Amen. Last is love must be prioritized above every spiritual gift. Love has to be the top priority. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just annoying. You're using your gift without love. It's just annoying. You're leading without love. That's annoying. You're being generous for your own benefit or so that people see you and it's not out of love. That's annoying. You're prophesying and it's not out of love. It's annoying. It's just nonsense. It's not coming out of love. It's so important that everything we do is out of love. Again, he says, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but if I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is what binds everything together. Colossians 3.14 says, above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And here's why this is important. Without love, the gifts are not a reflection of God and instead become a distortion of his image. Without love, everything gets distorted. 
And this is what we've seen take place a lot. And it's why a lot of people actually steer away from the things of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit, because some of us have heard prophetic words that were not a reflection of God and were not done in love. Hmm? <laughs> my wife said, tell him about ours. Yeah, when my wife and I started dating, my wife and I started dating. Y'all know why I said it like that. I said it like that. God forgive me. All right. I said it like that because when I started dating my wife, there was someone who uh, who had a, a real like voice in her life and who said that she was giving her a prophetic word that I was not her husband. That was off. But the reality is, it's not to say that that person didn't have a gift, but without love. When the, when the intent is manipulation and when the intent is control, when the intent is not the glory of God, God wasn't glorified in that at all. The person and their ability to control the situation is all that was lifted in that situation. And so without love, that is when prophetic words feel heavy and they feel discouraging. And God is not sending words through people to make you feel heavy, to put a burden on you. He'll send a word to lift the burden off of you. But people are lying in his name and it's easy to say, okay, is this love or is this control? Is this self-glorification? Is this just the flesh? But it's not just important for us to look at everybody else. What about you? What you are doing, are you doing it in love? Are your motives love? Love has to be prioritized above everything because it's what's going to bind everything together in perfect harmony. If you want your life to be an accurate reflection of who God is, love is the key. God is love. Let's clarify that. Not just your own idea of love. Not what some meme on Instagram describes love as. That's worded really well. But the reality is, God is love. He is love. Paul goes on to describe, right after that, he's saying, if we have not love, I'm nothing. And then he describes what love is. I would encourage you to go read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. My wife and I, we talk about that all the time. We pray it. It's patient. Love is kind. Love is not self-seeking. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always hopes. It always trusts, right? So Paul describes what love is. How many of you have told yourself, have told somebody you love them and never read that verse? I'm curious because... I want, I want us to think through the right context when I say love has to be prioritized. Not just whatever love you feel like giving in the moment. Not love in the sense of a feeling that you feel, but no, proper, godly love because everything you do is supposed to point to him and the way you operate should be as a reflection of who he is. So when you love, it should be in the way that God loves. Amen? Amen. So I want to close by just saying this. The gifts of the spirit are simply another means of sharing God with the people around us. Amen. To sum it all up, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he says that these are manifestations of who he is, unique expressions through each and every one of us. Everyone, every single one of us has a gift of the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus and we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are given a gift of the Holy Spirit. And he gives us the gifts of the Spirit so that we can reflect who he is. And we do that in so many ways. 
And it's interesting, we talked about it last week. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, he's with us, and he will come upon us. So with the Holy Spirit in us, we get the fruit of the Spirit. Shifts in your behavior, patience, gentleness, kindness, all these things, gifts, fruit of the Spirit. But he will come upon you and give you some extra equipment. I'll look at it like this. Um, If you want to make a car go faster, and that is your mission, that is your goal, right? You want to make a car go faster, you can make some tweaks to its existing equipment. And that is what, that's what the Holy Spirit starts doing, right? He comes in, he, he really gives us a whole new engine, right? And he just starts making tweaks on it, tweaks on it. Then another thing that you could do is you can add equipment to it, additional equipment, which would really make it faster. So with God, with the mission in mind of making us like him, he tweaks things on the inside of us, but then he'll add something extra to us. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are extra. They are supercharger. They will add to you and make you more effective in the mission of reflecting God. This is sharing God with the people around you. And I believe that this is what's missing. A lot of us will feel like a void in the church, right? Especially in our generation. A lot of us feel like there's a void in the church. Feel like, man, there's something missing. You want to know what it is? I believe it's this. But not due to a program in the church, but the participation of the people. What needs to shift is not the program of the church, but the participation of the people. And there is nothing stopping us. Holy Spirit is everywhere, available for you, wanting to do life with you, wanting to speak to you, wanting to lead you, wanting to guide you, wanting to equip you, wanting to empower you. He's available to you. There's nothing standing in his way of being able to do that except our availability. So are you available for the Holy Spirit to do the work that he wants to do in your life? This is something that's available to each and every single person. So I want to do two things here. First, I want to pray for anyone who has not received uh, Jesus into your life. That's the first thing that I want to do. And so if you are in here or maybe you're watching online and you're saying, man, all this sounds phenomenal, but I haven't even taken the first step. Y'all talking about the Holy Spirit. I think I need Jesus. I want to make this invitation because I believe that God is extending an invitation to you. If you're feeling drawn, Jesus says, no man can come to the Father except through me, and no one can come to me unless the Father draws them. So if you're feeling drawn to Jesus, I'll tell you what, that's not the devil, and it's probably not just you. Because the Bible tells us in our nature, we're, in, we're at odds with God. We don't really desire him. But the Holy Spirit will start moving and drawing you toward him, illuminating his word, illuminating his truth, making you see the beauty in who he is. And so if that's taking place with you tonight, I want to pray for you. Uh, And I want to invite you to take this journey. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is a journey. This is a journey. This isn't just a decision that you make in a moment uh, and then you get a ticket to heaven. Remember, this is a journey. God has a lot in store for us. God has a lot he wants to do with us, for us, through us. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And first and foremost, it's so that you would know him and that people would know him through you. He wants to make you just like him. 
That's why you were created. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, I want us to think about where we are. Where are you in this walk with Jesus? And if you're saying, I haven't even started, I just want to start my walk with Jesus. With every eye closed, I just want you to lift your hand. You're saying, I want to start my walk with Christ. If you just lift your hand, I want to pray with you. Or if you're watching online, I want to pray with you. And we'll all pray this prayer with you in support of this decision. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you lived a human life. You died on a cross for my sins and you resurrected and showed your power over death and over sin and you're offering me eternal life with you. I receive your forgiveness. I turn away from my old life. I invite you to change me. Make me more like you. I make you the leader of my life and you are the savior of my soul. I will walk with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.